Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Zing This. This is a special episode though because I am joined by an amazing individual, somebody who I have wanted to have on the show ever since I started reading his books and, and I feel bad because the first one I got introduced to him, I, I I did not appreciate the wonderful mind I was talking to ah. when he was on Knights of Vader. Ah. Yes, John Justice, author of Embark and host of my nerd world, but now you've changed the name of it recently, sir. So first, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. You are uh, you're entirely you're entirely too kind. That was a very nice intro and one that I do not deserve. But thanks for having me on. <laughs> and and so so I'm correct. It's positively Star Wars now, or positive Star positively Wars. Positively Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, I did get it right the yeah. first time. So. So first, what's with the name change to your podcast? So I'll do the quick version. Back in um, back in 2015, I've been doing um, radio for 26, 26 years now. Um, the first 10 years of that was doing rock radio, uh, and then I transitioned over into to news talk. Um, and we did podcasts through you know through through the shows that we do. So back when Disney um, bought Lucasfilm, um, there was you know I was listening to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, but there there wasn't like a podcast that really sort of zeroed in on on how I was as a as a fan, you know, having seen a new hope in theaters when I was five years old and just something from a real positive almost a I'll be honest, almost an apologist Star Wars standpoint. Mm. So so I started yeah. doing the show uh and uh sort of created this my nerd world banner to kind of do a, a a couple of different things from, but it really has just zeroed in on the Star Wars show. Uh and it's always just been a Star Wars podcast. Uh, I added the video element this year, so there's a YouTube one, and I changed the name to uh, My Nerd World, a Star Wars show. Uh, but you know, after all of the all the negativity because of the Last Jedi, uh, and then you know the talk around Solo, uh, and then certainly heading into the Rise of Skywalker, and subsequently the release of the Rise of Skywalker, yeah, <laughs> I finally just decided that I really, you know, I, I I get a lot of people commenting on how positive my show is, and it's kind of just like who I am. Um, I just decided to embrace it and change the name so that anybody who was looking for a new show or saw the title would hopefully instantly understand that this is a show where I'm going to, you know, the, the host is going to be positive about Star Wars. I just wanted to be as specific as, as possible. And it's only been a couple of shows, and so far I've actually got a, quite a few quite a few responses from people that are new listeners that found it the way that I had hoped. So that was the reason for the name change. So speaking of Star Wars, I'm, I'm, we're going to get into more Star Wars stuff. I just want your current watch count of Rise of Skywalker. Um, Where are you at right now? I'm on eight. I've, ju- okay. I've just scheduled um, viewings number nine and ten. So I'll be... <sighs> I'm going again on uh, Wednesday, and then my wife and my 13-year-old and one of their buddies is going to see Dr. Doolittle, and I'm going to uh, do another screening of The Rise of Skywalker <laughs> when they go see Dr. Doolittle. So it'll be 10 by the end of, of this coming week, but right now it stands at 8. Okay, awesome. That That is – now, Now, are you going into it each time with, like, I'm going to look for this, or I'm going to pay attention more to this, or is it just, I just want to just watch this movie again? Um, I only did that the last viewing. Uh, the on the eighth viewing, I actually intentionally watched the movie with my eyes not focused on the main, you know, the the main action going on in the in the in the frame. Yeah. Uh, I really just I'm like, you know what? I'm going to focus on all the ancillary stuff where where it's warranted. You know, the mm-hmm. the Pisana speeder chase. There's not really much else to look at in the background, so there's you know you just got to focus on that. But like watching the end battle, especially. Um, that is a lot of fun. If you watch, watch the end battle, not the scenes in, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the arena, but all the space battle scenes, yeah. um, take your eyes off of the main action and look around. And there is, I was shocked at how much and how many little storylines were going on in the, in the background. So I did that this last viewing. Awesome. Awesome. I've, I've only seen it twice. So I pale in comparison to people such as you and Zach. Uh, of course, Zach from Knights of Vader in your all almost in double. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you're almost in double digits now of viewing of, of this in the theater and everything. But um, but the main reason I wanted to bring you on was to talk about your space opera 
your amazing book series that I oh, wow. I fell in love with from the moment, and and I'm I'm going to say from the moment I heard your voice on it because I have done both of these as an audio book through Audible. I will do a course. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. The third one as well. Mm-hmm. And first off, I just want to comment on this and just say you don't just read your book when you do the you do almost an audio drama because you do. You, you, you do like when it's like a radio communication, you put it in those effects. You do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to enhance the the viewer. I mean, the, the sorry, not the viewer, the listeners like attention, everything. And your your Embark series is by far amazing as an audio book. And of course, as a written book, too. But like I said I experienced through that. So that's how I will, of course, talk about it. Sure, sure. Uh, first off, thanks, man. Uh, that that really means the uh, that means the world to me that you said that, and and uh, the the audio, especially coming from the audiobook standpoint, because that is no, it's uh, this is going to sound really strange. It is more difficult doing the audiobook than it actually was writing the book. <laughs> I can the, imagine <laughs> with the amount of time that it takes to do the the editing. Um, you know, the creative process is the creative process, but doing the audiobook is is just takes a lot of time. It's a lot of labor. So it means it means a lot that you that you dug it and I mm-hmm. when I when I went into doing the audiobook, um, it was really just a matter of I felt dumb being a radio host having somebody else go and do the narration for my yeah. books. I'm like well, that's just kind of stupid, you know. I don't know what kind of acting skills I have, but I'll give it a shot. And um, I really just tried to be—I tried to make subtle changes in my voice with certain characters. I don't do voices very well, so I tried to make just very, very subtle, nuanced changes for the voices of each of the characters. And then I had originally um, thought about doing a full, a fully produced audiobooks. Um, as a matter of fact, I did a test run. I did like the first chapter of uh, of book one i i did fully produced and i put in i got all kinds of uh of you know uh, copyright permission sound effects and it was really cool but there was no way on god's green earth i was ever going to be able to do that for the whole book it just took way way too much time so um it's it means a lot to me that you picked up on and pointed out sort of the subtle little audio things that i did like when they're talking over comms and mm-hmm. changing that or voice distortion on some of the characters so uh, yep. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. That means the world to me. I, I, I really enjoy it. And like I said, I wanted to give people the opportunity because I know a lot of people, you know, not that Audible is a partner of Zingness or anything, but I know a lot of people use Audible. So I wanted to make sure to give people, you know, a chance to, you know, check that out on there or, of course, your books um, through Amazon as well mm-hmm. and and wherever you can find um, great books, I'm assuming, as well, too. But so the thing, the thing I wanted to get into – I'm. I would love to talk to you about why'd you do this with this character or what what was going through your mind here with this, but I'm not going to do that because I want the listener to be able to go and listen, read, or whatever with the Embark series. So I'm going to talk about kind of more grandiose kind of overall themes. Where did the idea for Embark come from and what were some of the – I mean, Star Wars obviously is an influence. Sure. Where were some of the influences and where were some of the ideas for for this amazing series spawned? So I moved. Um, I moved here to Minneapolis uh, in 2017, and I started the book. Actually, it's funny because I started the book not shortly after I started doing the the podcast. So it was like mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. Um, I'm, I'm a, like if you asked me prior to writing the book, and I probably would still answer this way. But if you asked me prior to the writing the book, like what are you like the worst at when it comes to creating content? I would have said writing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an atrocious writer. I'm horrible with the English language. Uh, we used to do blogs, um, on the website, on the the radio station that I used to work at. Um, and I used to write like daily blogs. My producer, who actually is now my co-host here in, uh, here on Twin Cities News Talk, um, he was my program director and boss at the time. He would have to go in and try to figure out what it was I was trying to say and then rewrite my blog so that it made a level of sense. So um, I've never been a big book reader. Uh, I've always been, you know, I listen to audiobooks and love movies. Um, you know, I, I read, but just I'm not, a, I'm not an avid reader. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I first have been thinking for a long time about challenging myself to write a book. Um, and I wanted to know whether or not I was capable of creating the same, you know, a, a, a cast of characters and a, a universe with sort of its own set of rules, um, the way that 
George Lucas did. I was I was directly inspired by George and what he and what he created. So one day I just decided to start hammering out the story. The idea for the story really came about my love of all things that I love in movies. And so um, at the time, I'm not like the biggest Fast and Furious fan <laughs> of the films, right? I own all the Blu-rays of the movies and really liked Hobbs and Shaw, but I wouldn't say that I'm I'm not listening to Fast and Furious podcasts or anything like that. But I <laughs> those love- exist. Who am I kidding? Of course they exist. <laughs> I, of course they do. Um, but I listen I, to Knights I, of Vader. <laughs> I, I had this. I had this idea. I'm like, man, if I could take. Let me back up. And if I get long-winded on any of these answers, uh, Zanger, please tell me because I'm a talk show host by trade. Oh, I, I, talk for I understand, and I'll, I'll I'll try to to kindly cut you off then. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> give like a finger up as I'm watching you on Skype and say, hey, you know, I want to have another I'll question. I'll just start waving ask. my arms right, like, like enough, shut enough. up already. Um, all right, so here's so here's uh, here's I'll try to I'll try to boil this down to its essence. Um, I always felt that George Lucas ruined it for everybody. When he created Star Wars, because for me, anytime somebody goes and creates an alternate reality in space, it's always going to be compared to Star Wars. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. George did it better than anybody. I mean, that whole idea of a galaxy far, far away. It's just it's it's brilliance. Yeah. Right. Um, So um, my, my thought was, can I replicate that same style of universe and adventure, but set it in sort of real-world dynamics. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So I really liked the idea of taking Fast and Furious and the customization of, of cars and, and the culture of it and translating that into, into space travel. And so that was sort of the initial idea. I knew I wanted to do something that was – I really like disaster movies. I, you so know I what? Would... That that kind of bleeds through with something I'll bring up later. But okay. yes, yes, so I, I, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I like disaster movies. And the whole point of book one was, all right, let me establish this future Earth universe. Uh, much of it science fantasy, okay, because we're dealing with technology that I've just made up. And ultimately, I want to tell stories that are out in space. I want to get out into space. I want new planets. I want new locations. But I had to write Embark to do that. And so Embark was basically the setup to get, and this isn't really spoiling anything, because if you look at any of the books, if you read the back, if the book blog for Treasure and Darkness, you'll see, you know, what happened. So it's not a, it's not a spoiler. But I had to do Embark to get everybody out in space. Um, and so then, and so then, basically, <clears throat> I crafted the story around: Can I make a story that has that has potentially the same type of simplicity in the good versus evil and storytelling elements that A New Hope had? Because that, to me, is the brilliance of A New Hope: is that it's a very straightforward. These are our heroes. These are the bad guys. This is their goal, and this is how they're going to achieve it. And that's what I tried to do with the first book. And and also of course world building setting it up which by the right. way I I want to I, I I sound like I'm, I'm sitting here praising you and it's because I am I want to really appreciate the fact of the way you did the um of course you you got to have um expository you know just someone vomiting basically to just set up stuff right. and the way you did that was through a very interesting way of oh well there's this thing called podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have a character listen to a podcast that coincidentally is explaining stuff to the listener slash the reader. Right. So I really did appreciate that. And I was waiting. I No offense. I was waiting for a moment there where it was like, oh, you know, great podcasters such as, you know, John Justice's podcast back in the day or something <laughs> like that. But I was like, ah, I don't think he's going to be that on the nose with it. No, and it's funny because when I when when I wrote the first book, there is a lot of exposition, and honestly, mm. that's probably the biggest criticism of the book. Um, and I understand that, um, but you need it. You 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 do need it. That's and that was the difficult thing, sort of post embark being released, is that I've had a lot of people, like really the 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 only real sort of complaint is there's a lot of exposition, and there is. And I went back and looked at it, like, okay, well, can I? Trim some of this out. Can I potentially take those podcasts? And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. And can I move that to like a prologue? And I went back and reread the book and I went, I I really don't wanna I don't wanna do that. Um because that all that stuff was needed sort of groundwork for the books that I wanna that I wanna write later. And 
when you read Treasure in Darkness, you can, at least I don't know, you can, maybe you can tell me, but my goal with Treasure in Darkness was, hey, I don't, have to, I don't have to do any of the exposition anymore. If they got through the first book and they're reading the second one, I can get right into the story, yep. and, we're off and we're off and running. Um, and that's why the second book is is quite a bit shorter than the than, than the first one. Yeah. Um, it was my wife's idea. Uh, I got to give her all the credit for the podcast. <laughs> that was not um, when the book was first written. That was not done. That exposition was not done via that podcast. That was all done just as exposition. And my wife came to me and she uh, handles the the editing on it, and then I hand it off to a proofreader. And she says, "You know, is there something you can do with this? Can you?" change this somehow it's good it's good information but you know we're kind of it's taken a long time to get to the story and it's just kind of it's just kind of there and she's like what if you had you know the character listening to something and that was it i was like oh i'll make him listen to podcasts (laughs) and so the uh the character that i use jared doyle i don't know if you know uh jerry doyle was a news talk show host and, and author um, I did very, not. Very, so, so a cool yeah. behind the scenes moment for me. So I'll go a little deeper, Zanger. You'll appreciate this. Okay. Okay. He was Jerry Doyle. Uh, was uh, he, he used to be in the military, but he was a uh, he was a podcaster. He was an author. Uh, he was syndicated, uh, and he also played uh, a. Ma- and I don't remember. You got to forgive me. I don't remember his name, but he played a major character on uh, Babylon Five. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So more, more major- the, the, the nerd in this conversation is getting real deep. Yeah, and I love so, it. So, <laughs> um, he was a good friend of mine, and shortly before I started writing the book, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, at a, at a, and I think he was in his late fifties, maybe early sixties. Um, and I really, uh, I was really struck by that. I haven't lost a lot of people in my life, um, and and he did a lot to sort of help me with my radio career. Yeah. So I wanted to pay homage to him, and it's been fun because those that know me from from the talk radio side of things who have purchased the book. Um, I get emails from people going, "Man, I really appreciated that you put, you know, Jerry Doyle in there." Is that I, you know, I, I understood why you why you did that. So, and again, I'll say thank you. I'm glad that that I'm glad that worked. It seems like for the people that understand why I did that and the mechanism for that, yeah, um, it, it worked out really well. So it's cool to hear you say that. Well, um, okay, I'm, I'm not going to try to dig too deep into this because I know that from reading your blurbs and stuff like that on your different websites and everything, I know Ready Player One. Play to handness. Mm-hmm. Also, oh. ironically, in between reading or listening, sorry, I keep saying reading even though I listen to them. In between listening to Embark and Treasure and Darkness, I actually listened to Ready Player One just randomly. Mm. Like in between, it was like an unintentional. I'm like, oh, I'll do this, then I'll do this, then I'll get to like just randomly. And um, we did an episode on Zingness a few weeks back now that you're listening to this, maybe almost a month ago now, where we discussed the movie and the the book and me and my co-host Eric said that there's points in the book to where he's explaining stuff and it's like, who's he explaining this to? And that's why I like the way you did the podcast because there's not that question. It's just someone pops on a podcast to pass time as they're flying or going somewhere. The, the reader, the listener gets that against that information. And it's not someone just word vomiting stuff. That's like, who is he telling this to? Or who is the, the character try he or she is trying to tell this information too. So I really like the way you did that because even though it was needed in Ready Player One to explain stuff, in here it was needed, but it was done the way that I felt was more um, fluid. Yeah, and I, I it, it's almost like I wish I could. I guess I probably could. I won't, but like I wish that I could um, put like a disclaimer at the beginning of the book saying, you know what, if you. If you're getting bored by the podcast stuff, you could skip it and then go back and catch up with it later if you like, because I know my wife does that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned, and I should bring up Ready Player One. When when I was when I was in the in the in sort of the thick of writing the book, um, Ready Player One and The Last Jedi were both incredibly top of mind for me. You're not going to find much sort of um, direct or or indirect or Easter eggs to The Last Jedi in the book. Uh, my inspiration for the from the Last Jedi for writing the book was really just Ryan Johnson and what he did, um, and his create you know his creativity. I was more inspired by his creativity. But um, with Ready Player One, I and this is evident in the book. I really wanted to inject my pop culture sensibilities of the '90s and 2000s in 
subtle and not so subtle ways. I wanted that to be a part of the book. And it it carries over a little bit into Treasure in Darkness and then comes back um, a little bit more in the third book. Uh, because the, the first book, there's a lot of different Easter eggs and a lot of references to Depeche Mode and Star Wars movies. And <laughs> yes, there like is. And I get and I get back to that a little bit more than I did in Treasure and Darkness in book three. But that's the reason why I did that. I, I just I love Ready Player One and mm-hmm. and the book and the movie and, and was like I really just like all of those I like those things in movies, those Easter eggs and those pop culture references that make it, you know, relatable to people. So on on the, the I'm 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 gonna kinda jump around too here with some stuff. Sure. So on the disaster movie front, not to spoil anything, but um mm-hmm. you have scenes that I can legitimately see on like a big screen or the smallest screen or just on a screen, like your descriptions of them, the way they play out, like I'm like I like in my mind's eye perfectly see like there's um the the one I like to go to is there is a certain group of people in the books trying to escape from from a certain area and they're having to fly through ash clouds and stuff and yep. everything and this this is in um this is in of course the first embark and i can just see that on like a on a screen like like them them flying like like the pieces of stuff you know coming out of like i'm like oh man i could see this being like a movie or a tv show or something and it's just you you did such a good job of writing it and creating that image in my mind and if, so, uh, so I guess I you kind of explained where your imagery came from, but like, just do do you have these set pieces pre thought up, and then you got to kind of well, let me connect the pieces to get here. Or is it something that just comes along as you're doing it? All right, let me say this first. Um, this conversation that I'm having with you right now, I am mm-hmm. not lying, um, is the exact reason why I wrote these books. I cannot. <laughs> it means the world to me. Because I didn't coach you on any of this. This is the first no, time no, 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 no. That, that, that Zanger and I have had a one-on-one conversation apart from when I'm on Knights of Vader. But... And, and, and me, I was just being my mocking normal self on that. So <laughs> I would like to say I have a retraction from that at some point I need to do. <laughs> so it means everything to me, man, that you said that. I mm-hmm. wrote these books with a movie in mind. When mm-hmm. I wrote those scenes... Those scenes were written specifically based off of what I wanted to see on the big screen. So to hear you say that that particular sequence... Um, I mean, there's there's plenty more, but I just want oh, to pick sure. out that one. <laughs> no, that's how I write. So so let me back up. So first off, thank you. That's amazing because that's exactly what I was going for. There's a... On my author page on Amazon, um, it's on there somewhere, It's it's written... Um, I write these books for fans of movies. Mm-hmm. That was that was ultimately you like like if you are a fan of movies but you don't read, I hope that somebody could read or listen to my books and like them, even though they're not a reader, because I wrote them that way. They're meant to be. They're meant to be films. Um, so I'm what they call, and I only found out that this was an actual like author industry term. They have plotters and pantsers. <laughs> plotters are individuals that plot out their whole story. Uh, pantsers are, in, are writers that um, that that just write by the seat of their pants. Um, that's what I do. I have a very rough uh, rough outline in my head of where I want the story to go. Uh, I knew where I wanted the story to go. I knew that there were certain things that I wanted to do. That particular scene you're talking about was absolutely going to be in the book, um, as was the the blowing up of of friendly you know uh, neighbors of Earth, um, but. How I got there was was really just through the through the creative writing process. I knew at some point we'd get to those scenes, and the way that I write is this is where we're starting. This is where I know I need to go. How would I, as a viewer, want to go on this journey, and what would I want to see? And awesome. so, all my books are written from the from the from the perspective of if I were watching this movie in a theater, what are the things that I would want to see on the big screen? And so. That's why they play out that way. And they're very, especially the action sequences are very much written out of, like, if I could hand it to a director and say, this is what the battle scene is supposed to look like, then here you go. That's how, that's how they were crafted. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Uncharted games at all. I am. I have not played them, but I am familiar with them. 
I have um I've heard on good good authority that those those games have of course big you know epic scenes of like him falling out of a plane or doing these crazy things and these set pieces they they joke that they they have these set pieces idea and then they gotta get the story somehow to get to the point where he can do these outlandish set piece ideas so I'm like I was wondering if you wrote the same way it's like I have this idea of what I want to have happen. And now I just got to get my characters into that place, right? <laughs> to right. have it happen. Well, um, it's like you know, in, in the in the book, I got to get him to the moon. Yeah, you know, at some point. So I had a rough idea how I was going to do that, and as I wrote, we just sort of, it's like it's almost like I've got the characters, and like I'm going on the journey with them, and we're all discovering together what this journey is is going to be. But you know, the the points of interest are coming from my my mind, if that makes sense. There is another point I want to bring up. And and this this is something like this was another moment to where I could see the the scene everything like perfectly like I was like if there is some way my my lack of ability to direct or anything like that could somehow play a part and I could run onto a set and be like you do it this way and then <laughs> run off it, it was this there is a scene in Treasure in Darkness where there is a I don't know how much spoilery I want to get with this but but of course you'll know and the listener who has either read the book listened to the book or um, needs to read the book will will be like oh that's what they were talking about there is a scene where there is a ship and it is underwater and it is being retrieved and it comes out of the water and I can just see like like the perfect scene of that to where the sun's coming you know the sun like is over the water you know the water's bubbling up the ship comes out water's coming off of it you know it's like this huge like takes up the entire screen like everyone's like whoa I can just I can see that perfectly from your description and from the way you wrote that scene and that's well, and that that's the thing that stuff like that is really cool and since it's such an iconic ship in the mythos of your book sure. it would be a great return for it to to return back to the like very much like um if, if i may steal from it i cannot remember which star trek it is but uh, mm-hmm. one of the newer star treks where the Enterprise is coming out of the water and everything. This is hysterical. Okay, so let me stop you. <laughs> you're going to laugh. Because that's exactly where you got the idea, right? Yes, it is. So <laughs> you're, you're, it's Into Darkness is what you're referring to. The beginning of, of Star Trek, Into Darkness. Yes. Um, so that's hysterical, man. That's so funny. Yeah, no, that was the visual. That's where that's where my point of reference came from was actually that shot. And... I want I, I I want the action sequences because I mean most of it is space stuff. Um, yeah. you, you get you get into a little you get into well actually in Treasure in Darkness I intentionally because the the space stuff is what I gravitate towards mm-hmm. the easiest right space battles. I mean I I can't tell you how many countless hours I play you know um, Starfighter Assault for crying out loud is ridiculous. <laughs> My son just gets mad at me. Do a ground battle. I'm like no. <laughs> I'm going to do the space battle because that's what I like to do. Anyway, um, I sort of force myself in Treasure and Darkness. I go, I need to write some some hand-to-hand combat, some something that's not, you know, action sequences that are based in space. Okay. Uh, but... And I want all, but I want all, I wanted all my space sequences and all the and all the action sequences when it comes to the battles to be different in some way, shape or shape, shape or form. I don't want to, they don't want to repeat myself. But a lot of those sequences and and action portions were. Um, the visuals that I used, I intentionally sort of drew from stuff that was already existing in the hopes of what would happen would happen. So like you getting the visual and being able to to sort of visualize the anniversary rising out of the water. I don't mind giving that away. Not a big deal. Um, you know, I didn't like, want to spoil it. It's your no, book. It's you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, man, the way people's memories work, so for, if they go and read it, they'll forget about it by then. Well, just like my wife. Uh, no, but but I, I intentionally tried to draw from, hey, if I write this sequence, um, you know, visually, this is what I'm imagining. And, and, and I'm not kidding you. That was the shot. Was the shot of the of the of the Enterprise rising out of the water at the beginning of In the Darkness? That's hysterical. So. I mean, that's it, it. Was it was like I was like thinking, I'm like I've seen this. Like as I was describing, I'm like wait, I've seen this before. Like really seen it. And I'm like that's it. And then you of course said that. Um, the um, other thing I wanted to point out was just I, I said um, there are okay. This is this is my apology for the Knights of Vader appearance. Okay. This is this 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 is my grand apology for the Knights of Vader appearance. So when you're on the show, I'm I normally take a, a more of a heckler no. on that show. You do? <laughs> no. No. I never noticed and that. And just there. be a 
bane in zach's existence so i i know he's gonna listen to this so he's gonna be i i think he knows it deep down but this is me openly admitting it i i i am serious why i need to be on that show but most of the time i take a backseat to just me being uh what what are the two puppets and he's gonna get me for this the two puppets from um from muppet Muppets? show that that, right. that sit up on the in the balcony yeah, the old, heckling yeah the two the two old dudes yeah because i've i'm sure he's called me and russ that before so um so that's that, that's only the position I take. I'm serious, so I need to be but most of the time I'm kinda of joking and I think I'm there was some several cracks about um I love Star Destroyers and Atmosphere. I think it is the most fascinating thing in the world for right. whatever reason. It's because it's the when you're in space there's no scale. Right. When you have something near the ground, when you have people near it, where it's this giant imposing thing, it's something to where I think that that's why I like it more because it's something to where like you get the true scale of these these battleships and everything. And then this is before, of course, I read Embark, and then you made the comment. I think Zach made the comment of, "Oh, we got plenty of st- there's plenty of stuff like that in the book." And there is, because there's an entire scene where, like, an entire fleet of giant ships are leaving. Once again, I could envision, like, someone standing there on, like, the, like, like the edge of something where they're, like, got, got their hands on the railing, they're, they're, whatever they're wearing is kind of flapping in the wind from these ships, you know, rising into the, just, once again, a very cinematic scene put forth in your, in your audio. So I would like to... Say I'm sorry for for the mocking way I handled that originally <laughs> because I ate my words immediately when I was reading it and got to that listening to it and got to that point and I was like, well, this one's on me. <laughs> well, well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't take offense to that at all. I listened. I figured to, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, man. I feel. I feel. It's funny when you listen to podcasts. You know, when you listen to to podcasts often, and then you end up having the opportunity to meet those. Like, if you like, I feel like I know you already. Yeah. You didn't spend any time talking until today, but I listen to Knights of Vader and and uh, and and get the. I feel like I. I feel like I'm. I mean, I'm. Fr- I consider you know you a friend now, and Zach is certainly a friend of mine. We talk quite a bit apart from the uh, apart mm-hmm. from the shows, but no, no, I. I would have expected nothing less from you on the show, so I wasn't. I didn't take offense <laughs> to that in the in the uh, in the least bit. Uh, that's I'm, cool, I'm glad I've that's, set up that that low bar for me to just uh, strive to every time on that show. But that's you know, but that's the kind of I. I mean, when it when it came to Star Wars and and George Lucas and what he created, I mean, you pointed to it that iconography that he makes. You know the 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 shot of Ray from. Um, uh, that was one of the main shots from the first trailers from the from the from the Force Awakens of her on the speeder flying, you know, going across the sand, and the wrecked X-wing is there, and the Star Destroyer is there in the background. I mean, those things are just they're just iconic. And um, when I was writing the book, I mean, that was one of the goals that I had. I mean, I want I want to create some sequences where it feels if I can do that, you know, I'm not I'm not a great writer, and but I can describe things, so maybe I can get it down <laughs> on words enough to where it to where that actually works and. And that's awesome that, that that it worked for you. Again, man, I uh, this is like the greatest interview I could have. Man, if I had like if I had known I was going to be doing this interview prior to writing the books, it would have made the motivation <laughs> behind writing the books even better because like you you've landed like on all the goals that I was trying to achieve with these books. That's awesome. Well, if if you've reached one person with this book, which I know from your Twitter feed and from a lot of the stuff I've seen, you've reached more than that. You definitely hit my heart with a lot of stuff in these. So I'm I'm very, very proud to have you on and be able to pick your brain about some of this stuff. But um, you mentioned Star Wars a lot. And I want to kind of shift gears for a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll get mm-hmm. back to some Embark stuff because I want to kind of sure. a little bit pick your brain about a few more things and also talk oh, about yeah, it. No, I don't the... like talking about Star Wars at all. Star Wars, and I hate I hate talking about Star Wars. <laughs> and, and, of course, get 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 some maybe some some stuff about the, the Vanishing War that, that's coming up soon. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. So it... You you are obviously a Star Wars fan, and you obviously have have a very cinematic approach to writing media and everything. Would you? I, I, how how do I want to word this? If given the opportunity, would you want to write a Star Wars novel? If 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 someone from Lucas Arts or Disney came to you and went, "Hey, whatever like whatever weird parameters they put on, we we want you to write this. Here's the characters you can use. Here's the setting you can mm-hmm. use." So on and so forth. Would that be something up your alley, or do you feel like you you do better with your own sandbox? No, um, no, I absolutely would, and and I I think it's twofold. One, um, I love playing with the world that I've created, and I've got intentions to do so for a long time. I've got the the second set of books 
Um, certainly the next story is already in my head, even though the, the trilogy will wrap up this particular tale, um, much in the same way of the rise of Skywalker wrapping up the Skywalker story kind of thing. Uh, but no, man, if I had the opportunity, uh, I would actually absolutely take advantage of it. If for no other reason than just to cement my own sort of legacy in some way, shape or form within, within Star Wars that has given me so much, you know, that in and of itself would be, I would do it for that reason alone, just to have that honor and to be like, I wrote an official canon, unless JJ makes a movie and undoes all that, um, which I don't really feel that way. By canon the way, for the time being, quote unquote. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I, abso- I absolutely would for that, for that reason. So, so now, so now to even put it, put it another little caveat on this, what if, if they were like, Hey, we want you, what, what would you want to write about? Like they gave you the option, like free reign. Where do you want to write about? When? What? What characters? What would you want to do? What oh, story man, I, would you want to tell? I would love. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, if I had free reign, uh, I would love to set up the next stories after the rise of Skywalker. I would love to go for to go forward in the timeline. New set of characters. Um, or, or, or even if they wanted to, I'd love to be able to, if I had the opportunity to sort of write Ray's mm-hmm. next story, I'd be down with that. Absolutely. But if I wrote anything in a timeline, it would be post the rise of Skywalker and sort of, I would love to reestablish what the next adventure would be, or just write an adventure that takes place after the rise of Skywalker. Cause it's so fresh. I mean, we got a completely blank slate of mm-hmm. a sort of balance achieved in the galaxy. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It would be great to land on some planet, you know, and, and, and just go from, go from there and develop the protagonist, you know, the heroes and the villains. And that's where I would like to do. I would not want to go back in time. I don't want to go forward. All right. Awesome. I, I was, I was not expecting that as an answer. So, so that, that's actually really cool. I was not expecting, you know, the going forward. I figured you had like some like, oh man, there's a bounty hunter. I'd really like to dive into more or, or this imperial officer, I, I really, I really have a great idea for that. Um, on that note, with Star Wars and the future of Star Wars, where do you see the future of Star Wars going? In like, and whatever media they they choose to go forward with, because mm-hmm. they have the movies, they have the TV shows, the video games are a thing, books are another thing. Where do you think the future of Star Wars lies? They're gonna have to. They're going to need, and they may have that person, but in my opinion, they're going to need a, a, a George Lucas creative type who is going to be able, who, who should come in and reestablish a new tale that we as fans can all get behind and, a, a, and mythology that we can absorb that they're going to have to duplicate what they did with the original Star Wars and what George Lucas did. And that's going to be a difficult task. But that's where I think when it comes to the, to the cinematic films, they're going to have to create a new crop of characters and a new storyline that we all are going to care about as much as we did that Skywalker saga. Um, how they do that, I don't know. I know you probably know they're talking about going that, that High Council era. High, high, the High Republic, which I'm like, right. oh, you know, we keep talking about Old Republic and it's like, no, we're going to go High Republic. Everyone's like, huh? Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, you go Old Republic, and it, it's actually, if they're going to go back in time, it's kind of a smart move, in my opinion, because if they go back to the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic, then you've just got a bunch of fans with preconceived ideas of Revan and Bastila and how all those characters should be. Yep. If they go back in time 400 years where we don't have any ancillary material, now you've got an era pre-what we're used to that you can play in. So hopefully they can develop a new a new set of stories and characters that aren't directly attached to what we know, but the mythology is still one that's powerful enough that it'll draw us fans in to get us speculating like we do now, you know? Mm-hmm. I personally think, I mean, the movies are great and I, I don't know your opinion, so I guess I can get it right now. The Mandalorian, I think was a breath of fresh air into the star Wars world, into something that's, I feel smaller stakes, smaller, mm-hmm stuff but but bigger return i feel unlike getting something to where like you get a more character driven story that's where i think the future of star wars lies is going to the smaller screen and the smaller avenues for a little bit and then returning to the big screen later well and that's I, and I that's, think that's the, just my opinion no and i i agree i see but i don't think um 
I agree with you, and I think the Mandalorian works in the format that it works. Like mm-hmm. somebody had made, I think it was Alan Horn from uh, from Disney had made a comment that, well, you know, the the live action TV shows could maybe become a movie. I don't necessarily want to see a Mandalorian movie. No, you know, a, a Mandalorian movie to me would have to really open up the universe. It would have to be grandiose in scope. You have to invite a lot of other characters in. It'd have to be. I mean, you could do a simple version, but if you're going to do a simple version, then just stick to the to the great format you've got on TV. So I agree with you. I think that the live action stuff and the future of of Star Wars via live action is is on solid footing by telling these sort of very personal, independent stories. Um, and again, the challenge is going to be when they get back to putting something up on the big screen, it's going to have to be epic and big yeah. in scope. Uh, and so it's going to be really fascinating to see how they how they how they handle that without having the Skywalker legacy to kind of you know lean yeah back to on. lean back on. And I mean, I'm sure that we're going to have Jedi and stuff like that during the High Republic. Mm-hmm. It's, God, it's weird to say. I'm I, I feel like I should it's put wonky. like quotation fingers every time I say it. It doesn't sound right. It's wonky. It, it, I think, it doesn't. I think when we when we get it, it'll sound. They'll probably have it be something different because High Council just doesn't. That doesn't do anything for me. I. You know what? If 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 you had me in that room, if you had Pitchman Zinger to cross over with Knights of Vader for a second, if you had Pitchman Zinger, I'd be like the Grand Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Some, oh, yeah so, something because I mean, it, I I don't see why they'd use that terminology like within the universe of like the High Republic. It's like that's just setting you guys up for like a downward slope after that. It's like the Grand, you know. The Grand yeah. Republic, our Grand Republic, we have right now. So, it. I. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. I. I mean, they have a open sandbox here to technically play in because I mean, there's really nothing that I'm aware of that's really touched on in that with media and mm-hmm. and and also who knows with them basically saying all this is non-canon, this is canon, this isn't. We're still picking and choosing as we go. So. Who knows what we're going to get from that, but I'm I'm excited for the future of Star Wars, but I am kind of glad it's going to take a backseat for a little bit to get, kind of see where the dust settles. And they're probably way farther along than all of us realize, you know? I mean, when you consider yeah. Celebration next year will be in August, and we haven't heard the announcement yet for what the new 2022 movie is. I imagine when Celebration rolls around, we're all going to be like, oh my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> Boy, there's, there's no, yeah, there's no fear of Star Wars for the near future because they're probably going to lay all that out you know, later this year. So, so f- speaking of awkward segues and near sure. future, sir, tell us about Embark the Vanishing <laughs> War. So, uh, what, so the, what, the, okay, what you can tell us. <laughs> what I can tell us. Um, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the editing process right now. I can tell you that much. The uh, cover art is done. If you go to, uh, you, you go to mynerdworld.net, you can check out the cover art. Just want to say this. I, I do not know the artist you guys have for this, but they mm-hmm. do an amazing job. I, if, I'm sure you know who it is, but I just wanted to, I wanted to give them a shout-out because they, they are very eye-catching, and once again, it's that cinematic writing you do. They're able to capture that in the image that is used for the cover art for these. Yeah, the guy. Uh, the guy's name is Tom Edwards. Uh, Tom Edward. Uh, if you, when you get a chance, uh, Zinger, go to uh, TomEdwardDesign.com, and he's got all of his his cover artwork there for all the stuff he does. The dude's amazing. Um, what he did for book one, uh, I I couldn't have been happier. I basically sent him the descriptions of the ships. And told him the vibe that I was looking for, and he created he he designed those ships based solely off of what I wrote, and it was exact it was exactly what I was what I was looking for. So uh, no, Tom is uh, Tom is fantastic, and I'm really really pleased with how the cover turned out for uh, for the Vanishing War. So, um, guy, what do I want to say about the uh, about the Vanishing War? Uh, <laughs> it does it, conclu- it concludes. Oh, oh ac- actually, yeah. Before you say that, can I say yeah. one thing about the end of um, Into Darkness? I mean, Treasure in Darkness. Uh-huh. I'm really glad I have a shorter time before the new, one, before the new <laughs> book comes out. Because you ended that on, like, a big, like, hey, guess okay. who? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was always my attention too, by the way. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted. Well, I want. And look, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide it. I wanted, um, I wanted Treasure in Darkness to be the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. That's just, it's, it's easy. I mean, when you look at the three books, when yeah. it's all said and done, um, I, 
I want to be able to say, and I think I can, that while the adventure and the tone and the fun is very Star Wars, um, I don't think anybody reading it would necessarily go, that's a Star Wars ripoff. And that's, I mm. wanted to make sure that I avoided that. Um, that being said, the books are very much designed in sort of that arc. And I really wanted, um, I really wanted Treasure in Darkness to have that same sort of feeling that we got with the Empire Strikes Back and, and having, having a, uh, and, you know, not, a hi- not hiding it, a cliffhanger, cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Um, so The Vanishing War, when I set out to write it, I had a general idea of how I was going to end it, but I really wasn't sure exactly how I was going to get there. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, I, uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the writing process, my initial idea, and it, it does kind of ring true, my initial idea was, all right, we're going to go full-on war with this movie. Um, I really want I want some big epic battles. I want these two different factions that I've created to square off. And I have achieved that, but I'm really proud to say, and I can't wait to get it out there to hear your thoughts once it's, <laughs> once it's out, um, that it actually turned into something different. Uh, it is Ooh. a war story, but it's told in a very different fashion the way that the details play out. And... The the mechanism to which I resolved the story, I'll say this much without giving anything away, the mechanism to which we resolved the story, um, I am dying to find out whether or not it worked. <laughs> it works for me, okay? Uh, it, it, it rounds out the entire story. Um, all the elements are still there. Things that mattered, um, in, in the first book definitely matter in the, in the third book. There's a lot of payoffs, but I did something different at the end of the book, uh, that, that it's probably the one thing that's most relevant to today's society without giving anything away. So I'll be very curious to see how that ends up landing, but it is it is definitely the most action packed of the three stories. Um, we introduced some new characters, some new ideas. Um, I'm really proud of the set pieces. Uh, it mirrors the first book a little bit in terms of the action and kind of what happens, but not anything specific. Uh, and I will say this: that some things that you've already mentioned that you liked in Treasure in Darkness. Uh, you're going to be really, really happy with the Vanishing War. Okay. Some things that right. I did in that. So there you go. I mean, there's more stuff I want to talk about Treasure and Darkness. Once again, there's that whole spoiler thing that I'm like, maybe a different episode, but for your initial, for, for your initial appearance on Zingness, I, I wanted to keep it light. So anything, anything so, you want to hint, ask, man, I'm, I, I, I hint, hint nudge, anything. nudge for a future possible episode on that. Um, but anyway, sir, it was, it was a true honor to have you on. Uh, I did look up the the um, the Tom Edwards designs, mm-hmm. and I I definitely can see a theme he has. It, it it looks amazing, and I'm gonna probably spend a a little bit of time looking over his his artwork and stuff now. Yeah, man, and the his different stuff covers. Is, his stuff is and great. Funny enough, I've seen some of these before. Yeah. So that's so, yeah. so that so that's even cooler now. But anyways, I just want to give a shout out to that. Um, I will put a link in the description of the episode to, of course, your stuff, and of course, y'all give you a chance to say where you can find more from you, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, Tom's stuff as well. So, um, sir, it was a pleasure to have you on. It was great to talk to you. I'm sure that this will not be the the this is the first I believe of a few appearances, maybe many that that you will make on this show because I I I would I would like to pick your brain more once I have the complete trilogy and then be able to talk to you about where the future lies but um where can people find more from you though sir sure uh if you go to uh mynerdworld.net um i'm working uh i'm working on sort of revamping the page it's not the best uh but if you go to (laughs) mynerdworld.net you can see the links there to the books um also the the podcast stuff is there as well all the artwork including the concept art um, mm. So if anybody is if anybody you know was is into the artwork of the covers like 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 yourself, um, I actually put up a lot of the concepts and the process of the art book, so you can kind of see what the original ideas look like. That's all available on the website. Uh, but if you just go to Amazon.com and you search for John J O N Justice and Embark, you'll find the books there. Uh, I will uh, I'll mention that uh, talking specifically about the audiobook. Uh, the ebooks right now are two ninety nine for both uh, book one and two. Uh, paperbacks are I think eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. But if you purchase the ebook, you get the audiobook drastically cheaper. So yes. pick 
Pick up a copy of the ebook for like a friend. You can gift it right there if you don't do the ebook <laughs> thing. But it's it's worth the three bucks to get like the ten or twelve dollars that you get off the mm-hmm. the Audible audiobook to pick up the uh, to pick up the ebook. But uh, every I go exclusively through Amazon, um, so the books are only available on uh, on Amazon.com. And uh, also, if you do Kindle Unlimited, you can you can read the books and 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 uh, and download them via Kindle Unlimited as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, sir, for having you on. Of course, everyone knows where to find uh, Zingness. Um, of course, me being one of my co-hosts, Eric or Ellie. Ellie might be back by the time this comes out. <laughs> you, you oh, and I want to mention... Yeah, I want to mention to you real quick. Uh, I forgot. That's dumb. My social networking. Um, at the My Nerd World or ah, at yes. John J-O-N Justice on Twitter. Uh, you can find it on Facebook as well, but I'm most active on Twitter. So those are my two main Twitter handles, at John J-O-N Justice or at the My Nerd World. I want to make sure I And I will put the links in the description so you can go down there also for that as well. But, of course, we'll be back with more nerdy topics next time on Sing This. Thank you again, sir, for being a part of this amazing episode and i'm i'm very happy to say i, I believe you'll be on for much much more well man this was uh, honestly as this was a dream come true oh this thank was, you. this was there really was this was fantastic and i'll be back on whenever you like you you humble me sir <laughs>